0: Oh, hey, Michael. Oh, hey. How it's you doing?
1: Great. It's been a long time since I've seen you.
0: It has. A whole Seconds, life. even. Whew. You look good.
1: Thanks. Haven't aged a second.
0: No. What do we uh, got on tap today?
1: We are still drinking the same beer we drank last week. The I think it's the North Bend IPA. You also thought it was the North... West? IPA?
0: It's Something like that. It's something
1: like that. It tastes like both of those sounds.
0: It's very crispy, very piney sprucy. yeah sprucy. yes Mm -hmm.
1: Perfect There's some pine needles in those barrels, I imagine Yes, ground up Um, We're gonna do some first impressions on some uh, lead actor pieces, from what I can understand We're gonna start with the death, not the life, the death and life of Mm. John F. Donovan
0: What does that mean?
1: From your favorite filmmaker?
0: No, oh, I don't know about that, but I am partial to Xavier Dolan for sure.
1: From Xavier Dolan. So let's, uh, let's watch this trailer.
0: Let's do it. This is about us as a society, what we want, what we seek. I mean, what should an artist reveal of himself? And why does it matter to us? I feel like I've done everything wrong. What if I don't belong here? What if I've stolen someone else? Place. The question is, how could you have stolen a place that was made
1: just for you? All right, Michael, that is the cool. death and life of John F. Donovan um, from Xavier Dolan, one of your directors that you enjoy.
0: I what do. What do
1: you think of that trailer? Uh,
0: I'm not super excited, to say the least. It is obviously hard to ignore the disastrous reviews it has received thus far. Um, I can try and watch this as if I didn't know it was Xavier Dolan, and it does look like his usual kind of idiosyncrasies have been kind of buffed out. Like, this looks like a little bit more of a bland middle-brow drama. Um, I'm not sure I really see his voice here. Um, Quite a cast, but yeah, I mean, how do you not be skeptical when it has the uh, reviews that it does. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Spoilers for the trailer. I think that we just watched a trailer about a possible pedophile Mm. and that these reviews might be reviewing pedophilia, not the film. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm going to like this movie, but Mm. it does have snapshots of character work that I I think I'm going to have moments... That I'm gonna really enjoy watching of actors in this film, and I'm also gonna have moments where I'm exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: do not want to bully or be negative towards a child, but I really do not enjoy Jacob Tremblay's work since Room. Mm, um, do I really liked him in Room? I just haven't since. I agree. Um, so that doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right for me, and I <clears throat> I have a feeling that a lot of these screenings are happening contemporaneously with Finding Neverland, if I remember the name of it correctly, which is the Michael Jackson documentary retrospective on the pedophilia actions that may or may not have happened on the Neverland ranch. Mm. So I do question whether or not these reviews are based on the artistic merit of Dolan's film, or if it is simply people signaling their virtue that they do not support pedophilia.
0: You mean, I didn't, you, you think that's in the story itself?
1: Yes. In the trailer, we're, t- we're hearing them talk about letters being exchanged with the little boy and him denying it mm. on a late night television. Um, Kathy Bates is exhausted. Natalie Portman is in tears telling her mm. son to never talk to this man again. Um, y- y- I mean, it might not be pedophilic action, but it could be pedophilic intent. Got it. Um, yeah. It-, it certainly looks like an emotionally exhausting film that might be poorly written with really good characters
0: got it yeah I won't lie I was not even picking up on that I thought it was like just this kid having admiration for the celebrity or something like that yeah that is a very different beast Um, so that would certainly um, enhance one's negativity to it and that could certainly contribute that makes a lot of sense Um, but yeah I mean uh, the style isn't really Dolan Xavier Dolan as I know him Um,
1: the close ups on the face felt mm -hmm. like his tone to me yeah. There basically uh, the whole trailer is close-ups on these characters faces mm-hmm. normally from an angle. It, it, for yeah. me it's somewhere between that Natalie Portman film we just Vox Lux and uh-huh. his own tendency to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um What is that
1: Brady Corbett, and Dolan? Somewhere between mm-hmm.
0: there. Yeah, like I think about one of my favorite shots in a Dolan movie was in Lawrence Anyways where after a uh, a woman has described her affection for a man as something similar to what she feels when, like, a basket of warm laundry is dumped on her. Mm. And then later in the film, out of nowhere, after n- none of these kind of flourishes have happened, you see, like, uh, clothes falling from the top of the frame. Um, I don't see anything formally daring like that which are usually my favorite aspects of a dolan movie occurring in this movie so for me it i almost wonder if he was maybe a gun for hire in this movie i don't know if he wrote the script or not maybe he did but um yeah i'm skeptical to say the least
1: i predict a swing and a miss yeah those reviews might be helping that prediction Mm -hmm. um well let's get to a film i'm much more excited for yes Extremely wicked, something, 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 starring Zach Efron as Ted Bundy. Let's go. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare.
0: I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. Ted! <gasps> Monkey! Oh!
1: I am pleased.
0: Looking forward to it, yeah?
1: Yes. It looks like a good movie. Think so? I really do think so. Yeah. It looks well-intentioned. Um, not that you can be well-intentioned with a serial killer as heinous as Ted Bundy, but it looks well-intentioned artistically, like everyone is really trying to do their best in all towards this cohesive vision, mm. which is today, out of our four first impressions, maybe the first time I've seen as much symmetry and cohesiveness towards one singular project.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have feelings one way or the other. To be honest, I'm kind of just unsure. I'm not sure. I can, I'm having trouble picturing the tone of this trailer in the form of 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 a feature about Ted Bundy, since it's sort of this rousing, fun, frock piece of marketing, right? Yeah. I don't know. It it does. It definitely does feel like a sales pitch for the movie with how sort of um inviting that music is, you know, um, which might be. Uh, sort of an indication of like this being a movie about him as sort of a showman. Like you yes. see him as, you see his showmanship in the courtroom. Um, Much
1: like Jack building a house.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I think I'm maybe just unsure. I don't know quite where it's going to land and if it's going to opine, it, you know, one way or the other. Or if it's going to take glee in what uh, his showmanship was all about. It um, certainly looks I'm,
1: masochistic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm unsure. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm kind of so so on Zac Efron. Um, I like him as a
1: performer. I think I, he's very good as a performer.
0: I did very much like him in Neighbors. Mm-hmm. He's probably that's probably my favorite performance from him. Um, is this is Lily Collins or Lily James. I give Lily mixed Collins. Up. Lily Collins. Um,
1: Phil Collins' daughter. Is that right? Mm-hmm. No way.
0: Um, I'm not sure where else I've seen her, but I recognize her and I like her. Um, she did uh, a
1: Netflix film where she suffered from an eating disorder last year. Yes. It was really, yeah. really good.
0: I didn't see it, but, um. Um, she was also Cinderella. I, I probably almost wonderful. watched that, like, ten times. To the bone, oh, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. it's um, very, very good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Her, she did some character work with her body that was, yeah. you know, in that Rooney Mara level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Isn't Ted Bundy from Seattle? I believe
1: he's from the surrounding Washington, Great River area. Yeah,
0: I'm interested in any cinematic depiction of the, <clears throat> the Seattle place area. You call home. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's always kind of fun.
1: Uh, also, John Malkovich is a judge. Yes, I I'm going to enjoy the pageantry of this film. My enjoyment of serial killer films has nothing to do with my endorsement of serial killers.
0: Come on, you like it. I no. I do not like
1: murder surprisingly but I do like art about murder quite a Mm. bit Um, that's why I love Velvet Buzzsaw Mm. art that kills Um, and I think I'm going to really like this there you have it Uh, should we navigate on to something slightly less brutal and uh, oh wait no sorry we're going to be talking about I could use a good fighter like you never seen a mess like this before perhaps it's a curse Ah! Ah!
0: It's driven by eight So he survives Why oh, never loses Valhalla Rising You threw me for a loop there <clears throat> Yes, we have a couple Nicholas Winding Refn movies that you gave me Yeah, I, uh, I
1: gave you these as assignment Because you love visual styling And flourishes to such a degree That I couldn't believe you hadn't seen who I think is one of the most distinctive visual stylists of the modern era making films. Reffin. Reffin. Both of them are character pieces. um, Whether it's Valhalla or Bronson, uh, Michael Peterson and Bronson and one eye played by Mads Mikkelsen and Valhalla rising.
0: Yes. Starting with Valhalla.
1: Let's start with Valhalla. Yes. What did you think of this Christmas assignment?
0: It's a brutal movie. Most definitely. Um, I thought to myself that if I hadn't uh known in advance that this was a Reffin movie, I might have thought it was a Panos Cosmatos movie. Um with how kind of brooding, hypnotic Part oriented. Um, mm hmm. Yes, yeah, the, the, the chapter divisions, very Mandy esque, um, you know, even though they're completely different time periods and settings. Well doesn't um,
1: the uh the black rainbow, beyond the black rainbow have mm. chapters as well?
0: Uh, doesn't that might be?
1: I I forgot. Maybe it just visually had chapters to me because of
0: of it being outside and then inside and then outside. Definitely, it felt like there were thirds. No, that's a great
1: comparison. It is very Panos Cosmatos. Yeah,
0: there's something kind of metal about this. Yes. Um, in a way that I very much dug. Very much dug. Um, I would say like, you know, my my rating only reflects like the, the the mythological reference points that I just don't really have um and and some of the cinematography um for me the 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 digital look is it's okay i just i just don't particularly love it um uh i think i've heard that he's colorblind, uh and that's why he likes the really high contrast stuff is because he doesn't see the middle colors i'm like well that makes a lot of sense for taylor that makes a lot of sense to me now why i love his films yeah wow yeah i never knew that um I didn't either. As a yeah.
1: colorblind person, I support colorblind directors. Yes, yes, represent.
0: <laughs> represent. It's a mi- minority. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a minority uh, film podcast, right? Yep. Colorblindness here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'll just, th- I just have to throw those out there for like why the rating is what it is. But otherwise, I just feel like the the mood just uh kind of lulls you in it just it just kind of has this entrancing kind of quality to it um that's kind of psychedelic in a way with those visions themselves mm-hmm. which are great whenever they do happen they're kind of sudden did you know they um, were visions
1: when they started um or did it take them arriving at one of his visions for you to start putting that together
0: i don't think i don't i think i did kind of know that he was seeing the future i didn't know why or how or anything like that but i i'm like okay i think this is him knowing he's going to be in this pond and find the arrowhead and that kind of thing yep. um, but I will readily confess like I don't know that I had any understanding of like what that might represent more symbolically which you can most definitely help me with um,
1: well, yeah the, the blood in the river is you, you know that can be religious any old way you want that can be the, the blood in the Nile or that can be the portention of uh, a disastrous event Mm. You know, it's it's a very religious, symbolical some, some moment. Yeah. Where, because the blood does come into the water enough. Is it the second vision or the first vision?
0: I think it's the first. Yeah. Kind the of first vision blend has blood, in, in, way, has blood you know, in the water
1: and a hand reaching towards something.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: hand reaching towards something eventually becomes the arrowhead
0: mm-hmm. that
1: he cuts himself with. Mm-hmm. But ultimately allows him to be free and kill everyone who's captured him besides the boy. Yeah, and the the boy is the only one that never, um, puts violence upon another. Follows mm. him throughout and is a pagan.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I like a lot of reference reference movies, but something about the pace of this one is just really sort of um, gripping, just because of how kind of deliberately slow it is. Um, brutally slow. Yeah, in a great way. Um, Punctuated uh,
1: by brutal moments.
0: Definitely. That that really do cap off these sort of extended moments of just uh, kind of hypnosis. I don't mean to use the same words over and over again, but it does feel like very much a, uh, of a spell of a movie on me.
1: D- um, to me, there's kind of two images that buttress the film. And it's the opening, uh, well, not the opening, but one of, during the opening, there's a fight scene. Mm. In which he uses the rope from a pillar to wrap around a man's head. Or neck, rather. And then he falls down to the ground and pulls to strangle him. And so he's prostrate, prone, on the ground. The Mm. man is stuck standing. And a monolithic pillar attached to the man's chains is beside it. To me, that that tells us the entire story we're about to see. Mm. And is punctuated at the end when he is, once again, prone on the ground. Mm. This time, riddled with arrows.
0: Mm, I like that. That's some nice symmetry right there.
1: And also, the shots that Refn gets of those two images are some of the most stirring shots yeah. that he, in the film, and that he's ever gotten.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely has more to do with, like, light and color that I maybe don't respond to as, while very much liking how he puts things within the frame. Um, I do think he has a pretty good eye for, kind of, composition, in that yeah. sense. Um and Mads Mickelson, man, um, he's great. Uh, I mean, sometimes a a great performance is the one that's just right for the movie. Like I, yeah, someone might say he's not doing much, but I just feel sort of, um, I think he's kind of magnetic here. Yeah. Um.
1: I would say that even Gosling couldn't do as little as he's doing.
0: Ah, yes. That's, I don't know. I hadn't even, I hadn't thought of that. He's also quite quiet in yes. his Refn movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, uh, yeah. How does this stack up in your Refn, uh. Preferences.
1: I think Valhalla is probably. I I need to rewatch Neon Demon, but I think that mm. I'd probably put Neon Demon at the top.
0: I think I would too. Yeah.
1: With Valhalla rising second, and then Bronson, and then Drive, and then Pusher, and mm. then the Pusher sequels.
0: Yeah. And then yeah.
1: I need to also rewatch Only God Forgives because I have zero idea where that falls on me i remember mm. thinking the first half was badass as fuck mm. and then thinking the second half was boring but also mm. really really metaphorically awesome mm. because of all the stuff that he's messing with with like the devouring mother and and uh losing um part of your body and gaining insight into other things for cost so i need to revisit it with a clearer mind and
0: yeah
1: and more yeah. Contemporary mind of myself and see if I like it still, or yeah. where it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valhalla and Bronson, which we'll talk about, both super masculine movies. I do. I mean, as a body of work, like I do think the, the Neon Demon's kind of a nice interest in femininity. Um, I would say Only
1: God Forgives is one. Which I haven't film. seen. Yeah,
0: that that most definitely could it, be. Uh,
1: key character is the mother in that, and I would also mm. say Drive, although a masculine film is completely. Hinged upon uh, The female Carrie Mulligan
0: Yeah which is one I just haven't seen in uh, Quite a while I don't remember quite as Strongly
1: last time I Um, watched it it was The lobster of its day
0: And mm. I just I
1: I, there was too much Bias around it for me to get a a clear Take on my appreciation It's kind of like watching Fight Club at a frat
0: Oh yeah, like yeah. you
1: can't get a clear taste of yeah. how much you like it. <laughs> the room is convinced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That is
0: a fantastic analogy. <laughs> this is very, very astute. Um, but yeah, this uh, it just it just had me hooked um, from uh, beginning to end. The the score I don't recall. I don't know who did the the score, but I think you know again that kind of panos cosmodos, metal kind of thing going on. Yep. Um, that's just a really kind of assured sense of mood.
1: Some sort of a subtle, shiny sound.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, It just kind of has a musical quality to it uh, for me.
1: Did you have a favorite part?
0: The visions themselves. God, that sounds like such a cop-out. Like, of course the visions are cool, but I don't know why. They're always just sort of unexpected enough that I'm always like, yeah, Yeah. let's do this. Rocks, Um, for
1: sure. mm -hmm. These rock visions, they're going to be dope what the fuck all the native americans just brutally murdered him
0: <laughs> yes yes uh the it's, end credits it's just trippy um it uh it's it's just striking um you know it's just one of those aesthetic things that just gets you yeah um, it's hard to, to kind of talk about but um you know i think that's the sign of good direction is that the um the feeling is just is just there
1: i i do think some of those images when the boat is sideways after a man is shot in the shoulder and Mm. they get out in the middle of the mud Mm. um some of this just some of if you were to pause it and just look at the image i do think that Mm. those are just stunning images yeah which aren't his typical over stylized images it's just like this set Mm. piece with with this nature around it and these men trying to crawl through mud to survive Mm. with all this armor and this weaponry is just fascinating to look at.
0: Yeah. And then the
1: Christians go on and continue to accuse Mads of murdering all of them when he's not killing any of them. He's just finding their, their weapons and stuff and bringing them back and they're slowly tearing each other apart. It is, uh, it, it it has a lot of depth in, Uh, world history and religious history, um, least of which is the Eye of Horus is loosely in the scar of um, one eye, Mads Mickelson's character, Mm. which is an Egyptian ode, um, which you know, Egypt is famously where the Abrahamic Mm. traditions come about from, whether we're talking Muslim or Jewish or Christian. You can slowly see this westward expansion happen through this film and the blood cost of this expansion,
0: yeah, yeah, <clears throat> Uh yeah. The, the 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 makeup, like it isn't some big showy makeup job, but he does just just look, uh, just just intimidating and menacing. It's uh, it's just uh, 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 a a captivating look mm-hmm. of that one eye. Um, it's simple, but it's effective.
1: I I don't think he does this in all his films. In fact, I'm certain he doesn't. But the close-up on the face with the background slightly in focus, mm. not blurred like a lot of directors like to do, but slightly in focus, I really like that style. It mm. feels to me like a legitimate comic book style. Like, when mm. I was watching this, I was like, I really want him to do a comic book movie. Mm. Not like a typical DC Marvel, but like a hard R comic yeah. book movie yeah. where there's only dead people in the wake of this character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, Sin City came to mind when I was watching both these movies, even though it's like, a, you know, it's a noir, it's something completely different. Just the high contrast look of it. Oh, that,
1: that's good. Um, you thought of a movie you hated while watching the movie. Yes, yeah, so, but peel. only, <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess I, I thought of it only when I heard he was colorblind in a oh, okay. in a YouTube interview. I was like, okay, I think I just kind of maybe understood why, like, why I like yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm <laughs> and like, why that, okay, he makes it like that? I don't think I even really understood that, like, with colorblindness, like, at least as he described it, he's like, I don't really see the middle colors. I don't know if this is like. Universal. Oh, yeah, so he's
1: probably red green.
0: I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: there's people that can still see color that yeah. um that just blur other colors, and that's normally red green or blue yellow color blindness. Yeah. Whereas I'm just black and whites.
0: Well, that is helpful. That makes a lot of <laughs> sense. I, you know, with Cynthia, I was like, I don't get it. Like, it just doesn't look good to me. And then. You know, he was like, yeah, I, I, I need that contrast to see the color. I was like, oh, got it. The, the contrast
1: yeah. definitely helps me see the viscera. Like, I know that he's doing over-stylized digital blood yeah, in moments because of the way mm-hmm. he shoots. Whereas with the other stuff, I can pick up on it, but it's hard.
0: Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, Yeah, good movie. One I had never heard of, didn't know it was a Refn title. Very glad to have watched it so Valhalla thank you for the gift has risen I'm glad yes. that you
1: have contributed let's get on to another Refin Bronson they don't understand you'll never understand you're no more mad than I am and that scares them Johnson. Featuring one of my favorite current living and working actors, ex-addict Tom Hardy.
0: Is that right? I didn't know he was an addict. What was he addicted to?
1: Uh, name it. Really? Pills, heroin, coke. I, I don't think he had a meth problem. I can't remember though. Yeah,
0: I would not have guessed it because he looks good. He does. In look good. almost. In most of his movies, well,
1: he burned off all that body fat with his addiction, and you know, I guess
0: that was just maybe stacked, maybe that was part of the plan. Stacking muscle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a fun movie. I very this is a much movie filled Bronze with
1: pageantry. Yes, and most definitely. and I was hoping you would respond well to the pageantry of Tom Hardy's face being stylized to look like the gal from uh, Popeye
0: on uh, one yeah. side
1: and look like a hardened criminal on the other.
0: Very, yeah, I mean, what a performance! It's uh, uh you described it as a one man show, right? I did. Should let you say that, your review, but that is accurate. Yeah. Um and and he carries it. I mean, I think this was this was kind of early for Tom Hardy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't remember when this came out. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh uh the the way I was trying to describe it in my review was he has this kind of like jack-in-the-box like quality when he's staring at the camera like he's calm and composed but you know he can just explode you know Uh at a moment's notice Um, and it's all in the eyes definitely and that tension is kind of held even though there's kind of this comic tone kind Uh of irreverence through it um and again tone like it's just kind of well controlled throughout um yeah it's a it's a fun movie um there are shots where like the camera is either uh, you know inside the cell or outside the cell sometimes it feels like the camera doesn't even want to get too close to the sky which i completely don't, understand. don't you
1: love when it's just on the other side of that mesh metal oh when yeah he's in there and you just feel the confinement Ugh. but you also feel like you're safe and then when it moves into the cell i started feeling like I didn't feel as relaxed when I'm in the cell with him. Is the only yeah. way I could know how to put it. Like, it's a weird yeah. trick that Ruffin used.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't even think about until it was over that this is, like, kind of a biopic in a way. It's about Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. and he kind of tells his story. But, like, that word, which I kind of just generally, you know, am skeptical of because biopics I usually don't like very much. The word, it never even came to mind because it's just, um, it don't It does
1: nothing that is biopicish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think being so deliberately stylish really help really makes it feel so fresh.
1: How about uh, in the middle when he's out and he goes and gets the ring for the girl that he likes that's already engaged? Mm. Oh, yeah. It, even though he's sleeping with her. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't want to marry him. And then he goes and breaks into a jewelry store and tells her to wait 15 minutes so he can go propose and then be taken back to jail after she says no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. I mean, yeah. And I... I knew nothing about Charles Bronson going into it. Um, Michael Pennington. Uh, is that his real name? Yeah. What you mean? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, his fighting name mm-hmm. is Charles Bronson. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the voice in, in that performance, it just, it's just too good. Let him go. Let I, the dogs go. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, like... You know, I think it's just partly the cinematography where I, I thought to myself, like, I kind of wish this maybe looked more like the, Nemo, the Neon Demon, which I, which just cinematography wise, I like a I little bit better. I definitely wish
1: that every movie looked more like the Neon
0: Demon. Yeah, maybe that's not that insightful to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean, it, it applies. It's just <laughs> like, as a statement, I do wish yeah. <laughs> that about all them.
0: That would not be a bad thing. Other
1: than, like, Blade Runner and mm-hmm. Dunkirk. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um,. Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe some of the humor didn't totally land for me. Um, there was, uh, I don't know, just small moments um, where he's, you know, delivering tea to people throughout the prison. That's one of his jobs. Um,
1: oh, dude, that wasn't mm-hmm. funny to me either. That was like, mm-hmm. oh,
0: he's a lunatic. Ah, yeah, Ma- yeah, maybe I was misinterpreting the, the tone. Um It definitely you know, just, feels like
1: comedy, yeah. but it also feels like really, really uneasy, like he's a
0: lunatic. Yeah. That might have just been me. Um you know, sometimes you you kind of read the tone, you think something's off, and then you're like, Wait, maybe I just maybe read I'm the tone off. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that happens. Um But yeah, what a performance.
1: Hell of a flick.
0: He knows what he's doing.
1: Did you have a favorite moment?
0: Mm. there is the scene where he gets a security guard locked in his cell
1: the librarian
0: is it the librarian yeah i think that's right um <laughs> i think was pretty says, amusing shut up put
1: the lotion on my ass <laughs> yes
0: exactly. not in my ass you <laughs> <laughs> yes uh that's where i feel like this this blend of comedy intention just felt Perfect because I'm terrified of him at the same time that I'm laughing.
1: Enamored, and yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: great scene. What about you?
1: Uh, that scene,
0: yeah. That scene is definitely mm. top
1: for me. Yeah, for money. Sure. That it's that is a similar scene to that is my second favorite scene in Startup.
0: Ooh. Oh which, yeah. Uh,
1: maybe we'll talk about now.
0: Yes. Startup.
1: Weapons down, stand against the
0: back wall. He suffered enormous emotional trauma. No, he needs to be out.
1: What are we doing here if not trying to help prisoners like
0: Eric? It's not always possible for you to be there to protect him. Protect
1: the public. Make sure he stays inside for the rest of his life. So you assigned this to me with coherence. I did mm-hmm. for our Christmas exchange. Um, so my favourite scene is actually one of the first scenes... Mm. Where he gets his toothbrush and turns it into a screwdriver and a shank with a lighter. That set the tone in such an immaculate way that I've... I struggle to say... I don't think I've ever seen something set its tone so quickly so well. Mm. Like, I honestly think that's the best scene in the movie. And Mm -hmm. it's in the first five
0: minutes. Yeah. He's like, it's my first day in prison. What should I do? I'm going to make a weapon. Yeah. This guy's Make a tool. He's going to... Yeah, he's ready to fight.
1: He's gonna survive. That's what yeah. it told me. Like he's, if he goes down, he's going down
0: fighting. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And then the second favorite scene would probably be when he, uh, what's he do? He squeezes baby oil all over himself and oh, prepares yeah. to fight. And then oh. that fight scene as they as the British police come in with shields. I was so on him. edge
0: watching him get oh. geared up for that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he's just so physical.
1: Uh, Great performance! It is performance.
0: It is, yeah. Uh, I I know when I first watched this, I watched this on a plane, and without subtitles, so I, you know, I I I just didn't really know what was going on. I ways, also watched it without
1: sh- subtitles, and I yeah. still don't know what. Words were exchanged yeah. from anyone besides Ben
0: Mendelsohn. So the, the second time I did watch with subtitles, which is really only a marginal improvement because there's there's still so, so much slang. There's so much slang. And I like actually half of it is just read about cursing. Yeah, that yeah. probably is like its own language. Apparently, at the premiere,
1: they had handed out pamphlets that would that explained to you what the different British slang terms were. Mm. And reading the review that mentioned some of those slang terms, I think maybe Tasha.
0: Is the mm. one that locked this
1: Tasha Robinson from yeah. the Verge. Um yeah. that really helped me yeah. unlock retrospectively what was said in the film. And when yeah. they were calling people names.
0: Yes. Very. Which very was mean. very
1: often. <laughs> but it's it like every not, every fifth word. But it never happened bad. until you unlocked the language. Yeah. yeah. People... I thought I spoke English. I speak hard American.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh yeah, there. there's this scene where the therapist comes to Jack O'Connell's cell to try to encourage him to, like, come to group therapy. And that's, like, I, I don't think I had any idea what was going on when I first watched that. But he's talking about having been, uh, like, under the care of a pedophile when he was in, like, a foster home. And he's describing, like, having one of his crimes, if not the crime that landed him there, was having like handed off um, a bomb or like an acid bomb to this foster parent, and he says, "I watched his face melt in his hands." And I'm like, "How did I miss this the first time?" Well, of course I missed it the first time because I had no idea what he was insane. saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yet that scene kind of gripped me the first time around. Even even still. Yep. Um.
1: Yeah. There's a magnetism to the yeah. to the way that this film was done.
0: Yeah. Um. Who's the director again? David Mackenzie. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Um, I think I I think it's my favorite David McKenzie film, but uh, he has a, he has a lot of, that I haven't me. seen, so that's not really fair.
1: That Americana bias for me with with um that Ben Foster flick, Hell or High Water.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: that's 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 a a good movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think like between startup. Hell or High Water and Outlaw King, like, like, is there any sort of through line or is the auteur thing here, like, not really applicable? And, like, the only thing oh, it's I it's definitely
1: could... the, the man's struggle.
0: Men, specifically?
1: Well, his mm-hmm. main characters are men. hmm And they're struggling. Yeah. The man's struggle, yeah. That, yeah. That's what I would say. Like, the, the general struggle of uh, a man to exist in a specific climate. Yeah. Whether that climate is kingship while being told he's not king. And attempting yeah. to make himself king because he believes that's the right thing, or because he's an insane person, you know, roughly, and start up,
0: yeah, yeah, um,
1: through no fault of his own, and trying to come to terms with that, or because the bank is going to take everything that your family has ever held dear, and you're going to take it back from the bank.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's <laughs> spot on. To me. I was just going to describe it as sort of like, um, uh corrupt institutions or abuses of power these are people he's interested in the people who resist those institutions
1: yeah I I would definitely say he's male centric though like he he definitely uses characters that reflect his own identity
0: yeah which I don't
1: think there is a problem with because I wouldn't find a problem with a a female director doing the same thing
0: yeah in fact I think
1: some of the best work is done by female directors that do that
0: yeah yeah every time the blonde gal shows up in this movie you're like oh yeah there haven't been a lot of women here, huh? No, there have not. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dudes. A lot of scary dudes. Mean dudes. So many scary...
1: Dude, when that, uh, when that guy comes in with the lighter and he knocks him out because he thinks that he's about to get prison raped, I felt so bad for everyone so bad. involved. <laughs> like, not just the guy that gets hit, but the guy that hits him. Like, it's just so rough. And then Ben Mendelssohn's relationship? Yeah. Oh, man. This is some of the best character work Ben's done. This is why it's unfortunate to see how he's kind of being americanized as a performer Mm. and and not able to play into his more softer i i think that when Mm. he has soft touches to hard edge in his characters Mm. he's much more compelling
0: yeah 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 it's it's a fascinating uh father-son drama um, and I think that relationship is just super interesting how Ben Mendelsohn's character is kind of possessive and is weary of him making his own relationships in the prison um at the same time that he doesn't really want to be like I don't know overly involved he wants him to get out um I think I think it's really rich in that But he just... also
1: doesn't want him to move up the hierarchy without going through him.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He he wants to be in control of this kid's destiny. Mm-hmm. Um And there's something really universal about when he busts in the group therapy session and then Eric's walking back to his cell and he goes, God, you're so embarrassing. Like, get out of here. It's like, yeah. You know, that sounds like Elsie Fisher in eighth grade. Like, you're so embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good movie.
1: It is a good movie. That is the... uh, I gave that one a four and a half. I gave Coherence a three and a half. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then... Valhalla is a four for me. Bronson's three and a half if I remember correctly. Boom. Where are you at
0: on him? Coherence, I gave a four. Valhalla, three and a half. Bronson, three and a half. Startup, four and a half. All good flicks. Pretty
1: close. Pretty dang close.
0: Most definitely. Um, All positives. Now we're going to get to
1: two episodes of HBO's third season of True Detective starring Mahershala Ali. (laughs) Look like you haven't slept in a couple days. I never stop coming up with theories about that case. A job. There's no certainty. What well, you don't remember, you don't know. You
0: don't remember what? What well, you don't. Remember. Oh, sweetheart. Did you think you could just
1: go on and never once have to look
0: back? Would you like to begin?
1: I sure am going to have to. It looks like. So, I am a huge fan of season one like most of everyone that ever saw season one. I even liked season two as much as everyone else protested it. I thought that it was a good piece of detective... I'm just going to call it cinema, even though it's not cinema. I I think it was detective cinema just in a long form. This um, is not good. It's not bad like in the way that bad things are just overall bad mm-hmm. neither is it good in the way that good things are overall good or soaring or, or great or just ple- like the fact that there's moments where Steven Dorff acts so good that it throws me off
0: mm.
1: kind of tells you what I think about the show and I, mm. I think that uh, Jeremy Saulnier's direction in these first two episodes was great yeah. um Shoot, I can't remember her name, but the um the the future, the why it depends on how we go into the timeline <laughs> of this. The eventual wife of Mahershala Ali's character is amazing. I can't remember her name. At the oh,
0: moment. uh, Carmen Jogo? Carmen Jogo, yes,
1: yeah, yeah. um, is amazing. She's yes. so good. Um, in some of those single frames, I want mm. to have framed on my wall mm. when Mahershala mm. Ali and Steven Dorff are standing in. The field on either side of the car Looking into the dusky uh, Backlit sky Yeah But it's also boring Yeah Do you remember when we watched the trailer for this And I said that I think it's going to be about a pedophile ring
0: Oh yeah I'd forgotten about that And then that
1: that line started up in episode 2 Yeah Finally and I was like Okay this isn't going to go anywhere That's going to surprise me Yeah it's yeah. like, I'm going to watch it, but I'm exhausted already by watching it.
0: Yeah, I think that is very well said, and I completely agree. Uh, I I found it fine, maybe even good, but not good in the sense that it felt particularly new or fresh. Um, I... I I think Mahershali, Mahershala Ali is 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 okay, but I also found him just a little mannered, perhaps. Um, I kept wanting him to loosen up. I, I guess that's the character, but I also was—he used to have a light in his eyes. It just, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's know, a good way like to put in,
1: it. In, oh. in Moonlight, there was so much life in that character,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and. You you can't tell me that the reason you're not acting at your best is because of the character. Yeah. That that doesn't really work because you can always make a choice that, you know, might undermine the writer but end up being better for the picture. So it, it doesn't mm. really make sense to me that he's not doing some of what I would attribute his best attributes to be, which is that eye work. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it in Green Book. He does it for a moment in Elite Battle Angel. mm and I haven't seen him do it yet in these first two episodes, both directed yeah. by Jeremy Solan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wish that there was something a little more distinctive about it. Like if I, if I was telling someone why this was a must see, I couldn't tell you something really specific that I haven't seen. Elsewhere. It would
1: have to be one of the performers because everything else is so general, except for some of those single moments of cinematography that are gorgeous. Yeah. But that are yeah. outdone by hold the dark.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, I think they are, these feel very well-directed. I don't know that I feel the Sonier kind of stamp, um, like his specific, I definitely don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it like, he definitely has it under control, right? Like, the tone is smooth, um, everyone's kind of on the same page, but it just doesn't feel like something that's entirely of its own. It just feels well, like it, any other kind of Brody Noir.
1: It's because I, I think that Sonier needs moments of... Um, Percolation at the very least. Like, he needs mm. things to start heating up in order to really um, exercise his formal ability of of that camera. Like, when I think about his camera work in Green Room and some of those crazy pan movements that go from one side of the door to the other when Antoine Yelchin's getting his arm mm. ripped off.
0: Ugh, yeah. Um,
1: or broken or sawed, you know, whatever. Or hold the dark with, with how creepy that stuff gets. Yeah. He's not in control of the pace of this. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest flourishes we get are when he just gets to insert kind of overall still shots from far away Mm -hmm. that incorporate nature into this thing
0: yeah and those
1: are amazing otherwise it's like what's the next best thing scoot McNary's acting probably yeah he's good like he's he's the only character i can tell you that lives in this world
0: yeah I would agree.
1: And I don't mean that to be disparaging, but like he's the only person I really think lives there besides the other people that yeah. work in his um, industrial job.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they
1: only exist because he made them exist, you know, yeah. like through the screenplay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. He he seems very one of a piece with the environment. I, yeah. I, I do kind of believe he is a member of this town. Um, I mean, if there was something co- sort of leading me to want to watch the rest of the show it's maybe just the fact that we know this town is going to kind of tear itself apart somehow we see that in the title of Mahershala Ali's wife's book title where it says like an abduction a murder and a and a town that came apart or something like that um you know I guess I maybe just have a little bit of an interest in you know the idea of people of you know sort of that mob mentality kind of thing people people's um Uh, suspicions and fears getting the best of them and I think you see that a little bit in the town hall meeting um, uh, where they're also kind of complaining about other things where they're talking about like um, addiction problems and cleaning up the town like I'm like if I have to look for something that might sort of transcend the genre beats it's maybe this portrait of a town that sort of is um, brought down by this but I, I will say that the, it'll go there. the
1: name of the I don't remember the name of the second episode, but the second episode is named after a 1950s noir, I think a 1956 oh. noir specifically,
0: ah, uh, specific. James Cagney noir. Mm. I
1: don't remember the name, but I did enough research to remember all that. Um, yeah. And I read the synopsis of it. And basically none of what happens in the synopsis happened in that episode. So mm. I have to imagine it's more metaphorical about the goings on mm. the going ons in the timeline behind the scenes. The thing mm. is, this has a triple timeline, and that falls apart for me really badly. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah. the way that the previous True Detective season one with its multiple timelines didn't. Yeah. At all. Um yeah, it's just it seems like a desperate grasp by Nick Pizzolato to salvage his series um by doing what he thinks people wanted rather than what he thinks wants mm. to do um and i i don't mean that to be disparaging i just mean that it, as in like i felt like true detective season 2 came from a coherent place mm-hmm. was really well performed and acted and people just weren't responsive to it mm. um velvet buzza i think that dan gilroy did exactly what dan wanted to do and most people aren't responsive to it but no one's going to say he didn't do what he wanted to do and that it's the best version of what he wanted to do yep um n- not that it could have been done better for them if mm. he'd done something different but like i think it's the best version of what he wanted to do i think this isn't the best version of what he wants to do i feel like mm. he's being um produced to thinness mm if that makes sense like this just feels thin
0: yeah yeah uh yeah i would say maybe a little safe perhaps mm-hmm. um i mean i guess one of the differentiators is this timeline thing, but that still doesn't feel like that much of a gamble, really. I no, mean... because it, it,
1: in season one, that was the whole
0: motif. Oh, is it really? Yeah, okay, so it's Woody not Harrelson a and Matthew
1: McConaughey are... I mean, Woody's completely bald. And then oh. in the in the previous part of the timeline, he has hair. Oh, okay, and so that's not new at all. And Matthew McConaughey is going bald and, and like has these crazy stringy grease bits, oh. and they're totally estranged from each other in the eldest timeline, and then they come together at a bar... like. Yeah, it's it's mm. and, and then they go back to the contemporary timeline when they're both young mm. and, and working the case together in the same car. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm surprised they haven't cut to Stephen Dorf old and bald, so he just doesn't have to wear the wig.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yet. Yeah. I did not realize that that is a like true detective thing. Yeah. Is the timeline. Well, it's not in season played. two
1: if I remember correctly. Just okay. season
0: one. Got it. So that is not even new. So they're nothing. No,
1: it's mm. it's just this I was thin, trying. <laughs> it's like a thin veneer
0: of effort.
1: I I don't know. I I watched um what was that Ben Affleck Matt Damon series that HBO did where they tried to get a filmmaker uh a film made on HBO, like Greenlight or something. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched enough of that to know that HBO's producers when they are assigned to something creatively suck mm. like they're not about the vision they're about the production company hbo not losing money mm. not about trying to bring about the artistic vision
0: Mm-mm. of
1: the director in the best way or the you know the creator in the best way that they can so i definitely question the motives behind this because yeah. we just had yeah. sharp objects
0: Mm-hmm. which was a They're lot like more let's dis- capture that audience which was yeah. a lot more distinctive right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it
1: feels like this is the whimper before the death of true detective mm-hmm. i do not expect the season four and we were originally going to um do this whole d- do every single episode on the podcast and um say who we think did it every week like we did with sharp objects which was actually really fun even though It wasn't a favorite for either of us. I don't think it was in either of our top 30s. We still really liked it. Yeah. Um, It had
0: distinctiveness for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This does not, and we will not cover (laughs) any more of it.
0: Though, if you (laughs) are understanding us, we are done. We we tried. We're done. Um,
1: At least I have, what, four episodes to catch up on now?
0: Mm, Yeah. I think
1: episode six came out last night wonder how many
0: true detective fans tomorrow. just unsubscribed
1: uh <laughs> probably not many <laughs> that's all right if, if us disparaging season three of true detectives we don't is... want you anyways <laughs> exactly you can cut that out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave that in they're gonna know your true colors michael yes
0: uh but we tried you're right
1: we did try um i mean that's that's it folks this is uh one of the <laughs> shortest episodes we've ever done that's okay but that just means the are concise. Reffin is great, and True yeah. Detective is
0: bad. Done.
1: Is there anything you want to say about uh, what we're going to be recording next?
0: Next week we will be talking about uh, the Christopher Abbott film *Piercing*, mm-hmm. along with Jim Cummings' *Thunder Road*. Mm-hmm. What else do we got?
1: *Monsters and Men*. That's right. John David Washington film, and then *Destroyer*. Nicole Kidman's uh, film that is being very well reviewed. We're going to go watch that here at 7 o'clock. That's right. In an hour and five minutes. And then we might be talking about High Flying Bird, my number one film of 2019
0: from That's Steven right. Soderbergh. Love it. Promising things ahead. Run! Go! Get to the chopper!
1: We have to go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant. Gucci...